When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinal podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Leave us a like, subscribe to our podcast. We're back. We survived yesterday, Mr. Bookman. <laughs> they let us come back in here and do this damn thing once again. I'm Johnny Venerable, joined by the GM Saul Bookman. 24 hours later, still no response from Kyler Murray, but it's good to be here. It is good to be here. Dude. <laughs> Johnny absolutely knocked it out of the park. I don't know if you guys all know this or not, but there was a lot of people out there who were like, this is a non-story, blah, blah, blah. Every single outlet across the nation has picked up this story, and I just think it's phenomenal. It's, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's wild because, you know, as we were putting together some tweets two nights ago, I was thinking about... And I even subtweeted my own tweet like, oh, people are telling me this is an archive thing. A lot of people do it. I kind of dismissed it at that point and mm -hmm. put out another tweet and went to bed. And then when you've got, you know, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports, Skip and Shannon, Colin Coward talking about it today. It's like, well, if it's it's good enough for them, yeah. right? It's yeah. good enough for PHNX Absolutely. to talk about. Absolutely. So, so we talked about it yesterday. We appreciate everybody's support as we trudge along because it's been 24 hours later and mm -hmm. we have not heard from Kyler Murray. He's not put out a statement, nor has his, his agent, Mr. Burkhart, nor have the Cardinals. Um, and so we sit here now and we start to go through why is this happening? What can he be potentially upset about? And I was thinking about one of the few pictures he has currently on his Instagram is he and former Oklahoma teammate, now Pro Bowl teammates from Sunday's Pro Bowl, CeeDee Lamb. And there it is. It's on his Instagram. Uh, that's his brother, C.D. Lamb, from his days in Norman, Oklahoma. And I was thinking about, man, if the Cardinals had just drafted C.D. Lamb, would we be going through this bullshit right now? Or would everything kind of just be what it is? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, there, and as soon as we say that, there's a comment on the, on the screen that says, uh, uh, Easy No Steroids says, Johnny, I heard that Kyler never followed the Cardinals on social media. That might be true, but if you go back and look at Johnny's tweet, he never said that uh, he unfollowed the Cardinals. He just said the Cardinals are absent from um, Kyler's social. Mm -hmm. So there's a big distinct difference because there's another. There's a lot of other outlets yeah. that are saying that Kyler unfollowed the Cardinals, which would be a bigger story to yes, a degree. Absolutely, like that's that shows that you're upset. But that's never been said between here, here, nothing. Now, so. do I think it's like kind of a signal that he doesn't follow the team accounts? Like, and we talked about it yesterday, like, I don't understand how you could be the face of a franchise, uh, almost a $4 billion franchise in the Arizona Cardinals, and not follow the team accounts. Like, that's the bare minimum. People push back and said, well, maybe somebody else runs his social. If somebody else ran his, his social media, he, they'd be following the team account. Kyler runs his own social media to some extent. So I... Listen, you make of that what, what you want. To me, it, it sticks out, but continue. No, I mean, I don't. 
I, I, I probably differ to a degree okay. on, on that sentiment. Like, I do. And it's okay for us to disagree, for sure. Yeah. Like, it, listen, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, I, I honestly, I, I just don't. I mm-hmm. feel like Kyler's just, he's a different dude. And there's a lot of different cats out there that have done the same thing. And it's ended up either being nothing or it has meant everything. Yes. And uh, a breakup <laughs> was inevitable. Kyler's still got two years left yeah. under under his contract with the Cardinals. He's not going anywhere anytime Correct. soon unless some team just wants to throw the whole shebang at the Cardinals, which is not going to happen. So. No. So back to the point about C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. and we've got a comment in the chat saying, well, it's a series of picks from the Pro Bowl, not just C.D. Absolutely. But C.D. is front and center. If you go back, shameless plug, go phnx.com. I put out an article I was working on it Sunday night before all this broke about like, hey, you think there's some regret on the Cardinals' part for not taking Mm -hmm. CeeDee Lamb, Mm -hmm. how close they are. Kyler was consistently targeting him in the Pro Bowl on Sunday. Well, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think, number one, the Cardinals regret not taking CeeDee Lamb given to where they're at with the receiving core and the uncertainty? And also, do you think it would give Kyler Murray some more ease in potentially committing to this franchise long term? Um, it's, it's difficult to say because it, this is going to sound like I'm straddling the line here, but it's difficult to say because even if you have your very best friends on the team, if yeah. you don't control your own situation, there might be, th- there might be things that lead to you being unhappy no matter what. And yeah. you just feel like a change of scenery, despite your friends being on the team is probably just best for you. So you never know what, what rabbit hole you might go down. I would probably say that the Cardinals regrets um, not only passing up on CD Lamb because of what CD is is ended up being, yeah. Um, but probably more um, missing a little bit on Isaiah Simmons yeah. specifically, more than missing out on CD Lamb because because they did end up getting D Hop, yeah. And I feel like that kind of eliminates the CD Lamb issue. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to a couple different things in February of that year, back in 2020. If you guys remember, the Cardinals were looking for. Multiple receivers. Fitz was nearing the end. He just had about an 800-yard season. Kirk was a promising player, but most people thought at that time he should have been moved to the inside and into the slot, which they did in 2021. There was much talk around Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, CeeDee mm-hmm. Lamb being that. the Cardinals' option at pick eight. And then the D-hop trade happened. And a lot of people thought that that cured all arrows, and, and D-hop has been fantastic, you know, injuries withstanding since he's become a member of the Arizona Cardinals. I think the frustration is you look at what Dallas did taking CeeDee Lamb at pick 17, even though they had Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, and you fast forward to next year. Gallup's injured, and and he's a free agent, so presumably he won't be back. There's talk of trading Amari Cooper because he's too expensive. So they're going all in with CeeDee Lamb. Were the Cardinals not thinking ahead enough to the fact that Fitz is older, Christian Kirk's inconsistent. You know, they didn't have Rondell Moore. Andy Isabella had a really bad rookie season. All they had was D-Hop. I, I don't think so. Okay. And the reason why I would say that is because remember Cliff's first year, every tight end in the league had a banner day every single time they That's played true. the Cardinals. So when they drafted Isaiah Simmons, I completely understood where they where their thinking was. Yeah. Now, has has Vance Joseph gotten the most out of out of Isaiah Simmons? Probably not, and I think that's probably more of what we're referencing. Because you know, Easy No Steroids said said Simmons is a baller, and and we got D Hop. He's you're right. Simmons is a baller. I believe that he's he's gotten he's a, chip. a good player. He, he's not a bust by any means. No, no, no. He's a very good player, and I think 
as he grows in this system, should Vance Joseph stick around longer, I think he'll get more and more comfortable and he'll be better and better. But again, to my tight end point, they lacked anybody that could cover the tight end from the linebacker position. So now you got this hybrid guy in Isaiah Simmons who's fared better than what they had before. Well, they've remedied that situation. I mean, they were historically bad in 2019 against tight ends, and then this year have some of the top metrics, even though they didn't play Zabin Collins. I mean, Isaiah Simmons, Jordan Hicks, I think a lot can be said for the job Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker do on the back end against opposing tight ends. I just think it's 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 difficult to watch because there were a lot of people. I wasn't one of them. I wanted Tristan Wirfs or a tackle. I was not anti-CD Lamb, but I thought, like a lot of other people, that you get D-hop, you're good to go. Yeah. Let Christian Kirk develop. There were a lot of people to their credit on Twitter that said, no, you need to double down and get CD Lamb with Kyler yeah. Murray. Yeah. And now you fast forward, CD Lamb's got, on average through two years, 1,000-yard seasons. He's a Pro Bowl receiver. And most importantly, he's a dominant outside receiver, which are, are what's so difficult to find. Then I also think there's an interesting piece to, that a lot of people have, have put together is, you've, and I'm not comparing CD to, to this individual, but you've got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase that mm. have taken the NFL by storm that are basically the reason the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Why didn't the Cardinals do that with Kyler Murray and CeeDee Lamb? We've seen that recipe now. Year one, you take the quarterback. Year two, you take his receiver. I, I do think that there is a little, maybe even Kyler Murray's mind, like, hey, they kind of did me wrong, and look what's going on in Cincinnati. I mean, CeeDee Lamb's just not Jamar Chase. He is not, he, yeah, but he's I, on that next tier below him. Sure, but, I mean, like, Jamar Chase is a game changer. You know, yeah. I, I, he just is, man. Like, that dude is every bit of a number one receiver as you could ever hope to have. Yeah. And so I, I don't feel like that's necessarily a fair comparison uh, in this instance. They had a lot of other needs. And when you get D-hop, you just kind of feel like, okay, you know, th there's like in my in my mind, like, okay, positions of weakness. And they always talk about drafting the best player available. And maybe in this instance, and, and I do believe that they felt like Isaiah Simmons was the best player available. Correct, yeah. Despite whatever offensive tackles were available or receivers were available. And and that pans out because those other two, like Tristan Wirfs and, and CeeDee Lamb specifically, like those were bona fide good, good players. And those right? were the three players discussed for the Cardinals. And and, and I, you didn't miss with Isaiah Simmons. So I don't feel like the, the Cardinals miss it. I think you miss it in a year like this when you did lose D-Hop and the draft picks that you had, uh, not only Christian Kirk, uh, you know, before Cliff Kingsbury gets here, but also um, Rondell Moore and all the, the plethora of receivers that they have drafted. Isabella. You know, uh, was, uh, what's the other guy from Iowa State? The tall uh, oh, Hakeem Butler. Butler. Hakeem yeah. Butler. Um, they missed on all those guys. Yeah. If they just hit on one of them, right. they're in good shape. If they just draft DK Metcalf, they're in good shape. You can take receivers outside of the first that do hit, and a lot of other NFL teams do it well. For whatever reason, the Cardinals do not. Steve Keim, dating back to his tenure as GM 2013 and onward, has taken one 1,000-yard receiver, that being John Brown in 2014. The Cardinals have used four consecutive second-round picks on receivers, if you include the D-hop trade. That trend's going to change all, this year. All but, yeah, I would hope so. All but one Hopkins has made their mark. Now, I'm hopeful for Rondell Moore, but we'll see. And a lot of people in the comments, no. I think, are stating something something very, very definitive. Is Yeah, if you take CD, though, you just you alleviate that hole. And then to your point with Simmons, it's like, if Simmons were to remedy the Cardinals situation at linebacker, nobody would care. But then you double down and you take uh, Zavian Collins this year. 
and you're kind of trying again to take these same positions and none of them are yeah. hitting. It's just, it's like salt in the wound a little bit. Absolutely. Listen, Kime has not been fantastic in the draft by any stretch of the imagination. He hit earlier in his tenure. Yeah. And then things kind of fell apart. I don't know if it's because he's taken a step back from the scouting um, or the guys that he has scouting, but there's been some misses and there's been some glaring misses. Yeah. um, Obviously during his tenure and it's got to rectify itself because you can't keep going to the trade and free agency pool yeah. if you're not building your foundation in-house, especially with lower-tier draft picks that you can keep in the program yeah. for five to eight years. Funnel, cheap town, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, question from Elon Musk in the chat. Would you rather have Jamar Chase or Tyreek Hill for a receiver? Ooh. I'm going to take Jamar Chase. I would take Jamar Chase as well. You can't go wrong with Tyreek. I think a lot of people are hoping that Rondell Moore can be a poor man's Tyreek Hill. Same kind of, not frontline speed, but yards after catch. The could, thing, you, could you imagine uh, Tyreek Hill in this offense? It would be exactly what they need. Outside of size on the outside. No, it would be awful. We'd be so pissed off <laughs> oh. because all we would get is end arounds and fucking I'm screens. I'm thinking about it with somebody else running the <laughs> offense in Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> it would be gimmick bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> if Andy Reid, who once upon a time was supposed to end up here, had Tyreek Kill with Kyler Murray, oh, it would be a different man. story. But I, great question. Uh, a couple other comments I want to get to. Jalen says, think about how things would be different if they had taken first round pick and Nelson Av- Aguilar from the Eagles in 2019 for Pat P could have had Simmons and we just took Justin Jefferson. So Jalen is speaking about a point that I've, we've discussed, I've discussed it in years prior in 2018, when the Cardinals were bottoming out with Steve Wilkes, the Eagles called the Cardinals and they said, we'll give you our first round pick this year and safety Nelson Aguilar, who's a nice player. He's not great. I think he's, he's bounced around a couple teams, Raiders and Patriots, for Patrick Peterson, who is clearly starting to decline. Mm-hmm. And Kime and, and Michael Bidwell said, no, no thanks. And mm-hmm. you watch. And I think it, it translates well into our next conversation. We're going to talk about Chandler Jones sticking with older players too long. And back to your point, it's like the Cardinals can trade for these veterans, like Rodney Hudson, who I love, and, of course, D-Hop. But these guys are approaching 30 in some instances, they're on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the analogy I keep using. They're not the icing on the cake, but they can't be the cake. They have to be the kind of players that push you over the top from a foundation of guys. Bottom line is you need more Jalen Thompsons, right? Guys that are really good players making, you know, close to no money until they get extended that can fill out the meat of your roster, and they just don't have enough of those guys. No, I, I, I agree. I don't... Outside of the draft, how do you even, you know, you you have to be not only drafting in terms of the actual NFL draft, but, you know, you got to do a great job scouting other teams, you know, uh, 10-man roster. uh, um, I I always forget what the name is, but the practice squad practice squad guys, you know what I mean? Like there's been guys out there that you can use to solidify your own roster and develop in-house. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, And that's what they're missing. You know, like you got guys like Joe Walker. You got guys um, that that have come in and, and done their best, but there's no development for them. Like there's a ceiling yeah. for them, and it's usually a mid-range ceiling. That's the best you're going to get. You need to find guys that have some intangibles and some talents, physical traits that you think could excel at the NFL level and then some – just needs some time to develop. And, and that's where the Cardinals have missed. They've gotten some guys that they've been, de- de- uh, been able to develop into kind of mid-tier guys yeah. and no more, no less. Jalen Thompson 
he's a surprise. I think he's he's going to be a stalwart on that defense Absolutely. for quite a while. He's Absolutely. got he's got all the intangibles. He he's he's great defensively and he's got that edge about him. He wants mm-hmm. to kill somebody out there on the field and I love it. The Cardinals need more dogs like Jalen Thompson. They need more players that are that are ready to fight when the season's on the line because the Cardinals did not have enough of those players down the stretch clearly. Uh, a couple of good comments I want to get to. Daryl Gray says they took Simmons because they were getting killed. Sold to your point by tight ends. I would have liked CD, but we needed to address the tight end issue. And they should have done that, by the way, he says, with Devondre Campbell, who has gone on to become an all-pro in Green Bay. So you talk about coaching and development. There's a miss there. That's the thing. And then another comment right below it. What output next season? So I'll pose this question to you, Saul. Will Kime, will allow Kime to keep his job? That is the real question. So basically, what can Steve Kime do to, I think, get another contract from Michael Bidwell because he and Cliff Kingsbury are essentially lame ducks heading to 2022. Um, I think both of them need to, to at least get one or two wins in the playoffs. Okay. You, you need to make the playoffs again. Yeah. That, that's without Bare a doubt. Minimum. Um, and I would say this. Um, Kime's probably going to make a trade that's going to capture attention again. Sure, that's fine. We, we love that. We, uh, do. Yeah, we yeah. really I mean, do. It's Kime time. I, like, <laughs> like, listen, like if, for as much as he gets bagged on, he has done a lot of good things for the organization. He has. But... He's got whoever the first round pick is this year, he's got to nail it. At 23, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, but you got to nail this one. Plug and play. You, you you got to. You can't you can't keep going to this well of just trying to rotate guys. And then the other thing I would say is is that you have to see significant improvement from not only Isaiah Simmons, but you also need to see significant improvement from Zayvon Collins. You need more. You need more because the development there and and Kime to a large degree, has no control over that. Yeah. But you did hire the guys that have control over that, and that's under your purview. You need to make sure that Zayman Collins has to play next year. He absolutely has to play next year. If he does this, the exact same thing as he did this year, oh, man, Huge head, the heads are going to go. I can't wait because we're going to be at the Combine in Indianapolis first week of March, and Steve Kime gives a yearly press conference, as do many executives at the Combine, where they take questions from national, local reporters how, if you're Steve Kime, can you stand up there after yet another consecutive first-round pick that does not play and spin it any other way than either I missed, the coaches missed, or put ownership on the players? I am very curious to see the rationale that Steve Kime gives as it relates to not only Xavier, but just the – because we'll ask him, like, Steve, what's going on with your first-round picks? You got <laughs> No, well, I'm looking at this comment, and I have not seen this. Sorry, guys, I'm late. Did we talk about Kirk's response to Murray's social media scrub? Very concerning. Have you seen that? I have not seen this. So Bergang Travel, I'm, can you elaborate? I'm going to, you know, Bergang, you got my number. Text me the link. I want to take a look at this. Well, Make it easy for me. Help me but, help you. Before we get to that, quickly, so the Super Bowl is this weekend. It's the moment we've all been waiting for, basically to watch the LA Rams lose. So in honor of the big game, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just 5 bucks. Get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer like us, good news. There are a plethora of Super Bowl props to bet on. DraftKings offers a wide range of props to go through the game, like somebody, a non-quarterback, throwing a touchdown, fourth down conversions, total yardage, all that good stuff. It's a call to action to you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5, and you're going to get 280 in free bets. If you win, that's promo code PHNX, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 
21 or over, Arizona only gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEPS. New customer only eligibility, eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. So as Saul is attempting to find that information, Bergang Travel just sent it to my man Saul. Let's do a little recap. So we talked about it yesterday on the show. Late last week, I believe so, it, it broke. Christian Kirk's mom responded on Twitter to a comment basically degrading Kyler Murray's ability as a thrower. The original tweet said something to the effect of, we need to get Christian Kirk away from Kyler Murray so basically he can flourish as a receiver. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And Christian Kirk's mom responded to it, that tweet positively. So that stirred up a bunch of speculation of what's going on with Christian and Kyler. Is there divisiveness? Now there's something else, apparently. So Christian Kirk on Kyler Murray scrubbing his Instagram of all but two posts and unfollowing the Arizona Cardinals, which again, we did not say he did. I don't know if he's ever followed the Cardinals on social media. Uh, quote from Christian Kirk, quote, the guy's doing what he needs to do. That's it. And then uh, Christian Kirk asked uh, on how much Kyler Murray's future with the Arizona Cardinals will impact his decision during free agency. Quote, it'll definitely have a deciding factor. Um, those are both uh, tweets from Josh Weinfuss, who's been writing about the Cardinals forever. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting, especially the first part. He's doing what he needs to do. Man, I'm not a detective, but that doesn't sound too great. Well, I was told yesterday this was a non-story, and he was just updating his Instagram page. So if you hear a direct line of contact from somebody who I think is friends with Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk, he's saying that this is clearly... Clearly premeditated. Would you agree with that now? We've reached the point where it's premeditated by Kyler Murray. Um, he hasn't made a statement. If, if it's not premeditary, <laughs> why haven't you made a statement? Maybe he's in Cabo on a boat and he's like, I don't care, man. No. Like, <laughs> a lot of people have been coming at me on Twitter. You know who you are. That it is not premeditated. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. He's the quarterback of the team. Uh, uh, Leah, can you throw up the next comment? Uh, Jesus from VAZ. Uh, can you guys stop being homers? Kyler is average. He is not all that elite level. And also, just because someone doesn't agree with you, you guys don't mean mean we were. You wrong. guys don't mean we were wrong. First of all, uh, cool. You think he's average? I don't think he's average. No. I think he's above average. He was in the Pro Bowl, for God's sake. I mean, it's not like scrubs don't just show up at the Pro Bowl. Um, it's cool. We don't disagree with you. Like, listen, we have different takes. That's fine. That's the whole point of this. I literally just disagreed with – I still disagree with Johnny right now about, you know, Kyler having to respond uh, or not. Like, I don't care if he responds. I really don't. I do. This is a story nationally. Cool. <laughs> like, like my guy set the room on fire and walked out the building. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, we have nothing else to talk about. Like, I'm serious. Like, if Kyler did this during Super Bowl week and the Cardinals were in the Super Bowl, we would never even touch it. So there it is. Uh, Josh Hunt. Kyler was in the MVP discussion at the beginning of the year. I mean, he played the best football by an Arizona Cardinal quarterback since Kurt Warner to begin this season. His QBR ranks only behind Warner and Palmer as in the greatest in the franchise history. If he stays as an Arizona Cardinal, win or lose, he will set every record this organization has. So whether that tells you more about Kyler or the organization, that's that's up for your interpretation. But if the Cardinals move on from Kyler Murray, they will be worse, at least oh, in the short so term. So much worse. There, there is no disputing that. Look around at the quarterback 
poverty franchise in the NFL. Look and at the Broncos. Me, the Broncos, who have a better roster objectively than the Cardinals do, all, have all, no, all the way around. Yes, have no goddamn shot at anything. Because, number one, <laughs> Teddy two gloves and Drew Locke. And, number two, they are in a gauntlet of a division similar to the NFC West with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. If if And this was – I saw you know Colin Cowherd make a point just like, you have to pay him to survive in the NFC West 100%. You have to keep him in-house, whether it's this year, next year, moving forward. If you lose him, Kime, and Kime knows this, he's getting fired, Cliff will be fired, they will have to scrap everything, start over – and then, you know, an organization who's always already struggled to get quality personnel in terms of executives and coaches will have to start from scratch. I don't agree. I don't disagree with that at all. Like, it's true. Like, listen, you don't replace Kyler unless you have a bona fide superstar right up behind him that you're trading for, yeah. essentially. Like, and in this instance, you know, you're talking about trading for like Aaron Rodgers at this point. But again, like, even if we were discussing that issue, which I'm sure at some point when we get bored in the offseason, <laughs> we might cross that bridge. Um, he is, you know, he's also tailing off. He's at the end of his career. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't look, listen, we're talking about winning a Super Bowl. It's the same kind of discussion I have on the Suns. It's about winning a championship. Kyler's going to give you the best opportunity to win a championship for right now because there is nobody else available that you could possibly get to bring in here and take them to another level. So you have to ride with Kyler. There is no other option unless you want to go to BF State and try to find some scrub quarterback that you think is going to lead you to the promised land. Hey, listen, Malik Willis from Liberty is not coming in here to save the fucking day. Why not? Like, I don't understand this this love of the backup quarterback or the guy that, you know, the guy in the draft that everybody's sleeping on, they're getting slept on for a reason. They suck. That's why. You got to ride with Kyler. Kyler's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, whether you like it or not. We're not being homers because we're saying that. It's just the damn truth. It's fact, man. Um, there are there are organizations, there are teams right now. That being said, I'm not paying him the max. <laughs> no, that's a different conversation entirely. There are teams right now, the Pittsburghs, the Washingtons, the Houstons, that are going to have to talk themselves into a Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that where you want to be? The 49ers have a loaded roster, and Jimmy Garoppolo was a complete liability for them. They still made it to the NFC title game. That's where the Cardinals would be without a loaded roster. There's one quarterback right now that is available, that you could trade for, that would come in here and maybe take this franchise to maybe a slightly uh, other level, but there are so many problems with bringing uh, Deshaun Watson in here, yeah. obviously for for obvious reasons, and if you don't know what those reasons, you completely miss the whole last been year. Been living under a rock. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, like he's the only quarterback that would be, in my eyes, available for trade. I would agree with that. And you're not going to do that because what's the what's the trade? You maybe you're more competitive in that first round game. They, the whole team fell apart in that game. You know what I'm saying? Deshaun Watson, to me, if the off the, if the off the field stuff didn't exist, I'm still convinced Deshaun Watson would have been a San Francisco 49er. The Niners would have gone all in, and then the off the field stuff came about, and they had to pivot to the draft and Trey Lance. Michael Bidwell loves Kyler Murray, and that's all. If you want to take solace in anything, in my opinion, Kyler Murray is the second most powerful individual in the Cardinal organization. He just is. His brand is on par, if not bigger than the Cardinals. Michael Bidwell knows this. He saw and saw you were firsthand for a lot of these teams. His father's teams, non-competitive season after season, looking Mm -hmm. for the guy at quarterback. We all want a Super Bowl. Absolutely. I want a championship more than anything. 
but there, I mean, sustained success is not an overrated thing. Being in the mix every single year to make the playoffs, especially now that there are seven spots available. Well, like yes. Car- the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, what I've been pissed of how they finished the last two seasons. It's been egregious. It makes me want to throw up. But the last two seasons, entering week 16 and 17, they're in the mix to make yep. the playoffs. They're in the mix to win the division. Go ask the Detroit Lions, who beat the Cardinals, by the way, how what they would do to kill to get into that position. And they're looking for a quarterback. That's what Kyler Murray allows you to do. Relevancy. And Michael Bidwell's organization, for the longest time, has not been relevant. People, I think people fool themselves into thinking that um, owners want championships year in and year out. No. Owners want sustained success. Correct. Because it keeps the revenue streams going. If you have dips like you have you know, after Carson Palmer's years, um, then that hurts revenue. And then you got to build it all back up and almost start all over. Like a car, uh, uh, listen, an owner's wet dream is a team that's 10 and seven every single year. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It absolutely is. Like, because you're competitive, you, you, you surprise some people or you don't, but you're competitive in just about every single game. You're giving yourself a chance to talk about being a champion either in the division, the conference, or the Super Bowl. And that's all the fans want. You know how many teams and ownership are going to look at what the Niners did this year, getting into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth and then almost making the Super Bowl as a template of, we just have to get in. Yeah. We just have to get in. And it's cliche to say, but I think now especially that you don't have that number two seed getting the first round by. I think we're going to see more upsets in the playoffs like we did this year. I think we're going to see more Cincinnati's of the world make the Super Bowl run. And if you're Michael Bidwell, amongst all this hot garbage you've got going on with your organization, and there is a ton from your quarterback to your head coach to your GM, there is belief if you just get your shit together, the Cardinals can make a run like this next year. There's no reason that they can't. There's no reason. You just got to get in. And we've seen that. We've literally seen that within this franchise. They just, one of the worst teams to ever make it to the playoffs, quote unquote, get in and make it two minutes and 37 seconds away from a Super Bowl championship. Like, you just need to get in. And the more times you give yourself a chance to get into the playoffs, the more opportunities you give yourself a chance at a championship. And all you need to do is get one, two, and then all of a sudden the floodgates open and you're on a roll. Like, but you got to get there first, and this this team is trending in in a well, it was trending in an upward <laughs> direction. I'm not so sure where it is right now. There's a lot of question marks to be had at the moment. Well, real quick before we tra- transfer to the next segment, Peter brings up a, a great point in the chat. Running joke on the Cardinals is that the, it's the NFL's retirement home. Going back to the cutting edge and Emmett Smith, just because the retirees are coming in earlier doesn't mean they aren't old. And I think a lot of people connected that with the J.J. Watts of the world when when he came here. And it's like, oh, he's just taking the money and retiring. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. But Kyler Murray bucks that trend. I, I believe players want to play with Kyler Murray. It's like the young, sexy offense where everybody gets the ball, right? Like if you... If you somehow screw this up with Kyler, which, again, I don't think that they're going to do or they want to do, you do kind of go back to that stigma of, like, irrelevance. I think Kyler rubs people the wrong way because he's just – he's he honestly, he reflects a lot of this current generation of people. Yeah. Like, like my kids sometimes. Like, sometimes I will stare at my son, and I'm like, why are you being a jerk? And he's like, I, I don't know. And I'm like – and I, I'm like dumbfounded by that response. What yeah. do you mean you don't know? Yeah. Like he just doesn't understand. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got to take the Xbox away or some stupid shit, right? <laughs> with Kyler, we it's like, away Kyler's Xbox. you know, it, with Kyler being 23, 24 years old now, like it's just not, 
it's not in his purview to be like the leader that Russell Wilson is. Yeah. But he can be a different type of leader. Mm-hmm. Like that's why that's why I don't buy into this whole concept that everybody has to be the same. Correct. They don't. No. Chandler Jones is an extrovert. He loves to be flashy. He loves to show off. He loves to be out there in the public eye. Kyler Murray's quite the opposite. Yep. That doesn't mean that it's wrong. No, absolutely. Uh, it all If his teammates resonate with him, I don't care what else happens. And I think that's a lot of people's point now with this Instagram thing. All right, so I don't know if you guys have gone over to gophnx.com. If, if you haven't, what are you doing? I mentioned the article I wrote Sunday night talking about CeeDee Lamb and the missed opportunity there. Our guy Espo has an article I feel like should be trending right now. I talked to him on, on Bets today about it, claiming that maybe it's time for the Phoenix Suns to think about choosing DeAndre listen, Aiden. Listen, Let's listen, get it going. No, listen, listen. That dumpster fire of an article <laughs> talked about DeAndre Aiden possibly getting traded for a guy like, oh, I don't know. DeMontis Sabonis, who just got traded to the Kings. <laughs> Don't give me that shit. DA forever. If you, want to check, if you want to check out that article, the many works of our talented peers, go to phnx.com, become a member. If you want to dip your toe in, it's 50 cents for the first month, $8.99 for the subsequent months, or you can save a little bit of coin on the front end, under 60 bucks for the entire year. That's half price. Plus, you get a T-shirt from our PHNX merchandise locker for free. So you're basically saving money left and right. Go phnx.com, phnx locker, get up, get any of our gear, sticker packs, all that good stuff. Uh, check it out today. All right, so last segment. I wanted to talk about this yesterday, and this Kyler Murray thing won't quit. I love it. Um, so Chandler Jones suited up in the Pro Bowl alongside Kyler Murray, and I got to think, is this the last time we're going to see Chandler Jones yeah. donning the Arizona Cardinal bird, donning the red and white? I think it is. I'll pose that question to you, Saul, and then I also want to follow up with where does his acquisition rank amongst all of the trades that this organization has made? How, how great of a move was it? Oh, man. Uh, it, I would say top five. Yeah, for sure. Top five. You know, I, I can't really think of another trade outside of Car- Carson Palmer. Um, and D-Hop. And D-Hop, obviously. Yeah. Um, but D- even D-Hop, I would rank third. Just because of what Chandler Jones has done, I think I would too. Over the longevity of his career here in Arizona, like he he and he came from a franchise that was used to winning Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Came from the Patriots. Um, the, everybody was questioning what the Patriots were doing, but they had to have had a reason. Yeah, they didn't have a reason. They just got rid of Chandler was, Jones because they didn't want to pay him. It was one of the rare Bill Belichick misses when he trades a player. Yeah, absolutely, and so Chandler Jones, I it, it was fantastic as a Cardinal. Yes, I say that. In past tense. Yes. Because I don't believe he's coming back. Yep. I think his he thinks his worth is far greater than what it actually is. Yeah. And I just don't feel like his production is worth the the money that he's going to ask on the open market. Now, there is a definite scenario where he thinks he's worth this much, because we've seen this a million times, where guys think that they're worth X amount of dollars and they get to the open market. Mm-hmm. And it ain't there. No. It ain't there. And they have to humble themselves and say, okay, well, maybe I had this wrong. So Chandler might be in that situation, and he could very well come back. That would be the only way he comes back. But if a team offers him more than $10 million a year, he's gone. So Noah in the chat, I'm sorry. We need to get rid of Chandler Jones. He's not the top talent he used to be. To your point, the only time he plays good is when we're playing in Seattle. But that's a good thing to have. Um, so let me first say that I think it's – the second greatest acquisition in the history of the franchise behind Kurt Warner. I think Kurt Warner, until somebody else takes his team to a Super Bowl or they acquire a Hall of Fame talent, uh, supersedes it. 
With that being said, Diop, I love him. Last year he was injured, so he's only got the one really good season, great season with the Arizona Cardinals. Chandler Jones has been, outside of the year he got hurt, elite the entire time he's been here since 2016. And it's unfortunate to Chandler because my man had 21 and a half sacks a year the Cardinals were awful, historically bad. And so I say that with the press, uh, the prereq that he should be in the Ring of Honor. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I, ho I hope he gets in the Hall of Fame. I, I love him as a personality, as a player. I'm with you. I do not think if if he is allowed to reach free agency in March, I 100% believe he will be gone. There are too many teams right now that have too much money. They don't know where to spend it. Last year, if you can remember, and the Cardinals are already cap-strapped right now, the a lot of teams didn't spend because of the pandemic. They waited. This year, we're going to see the cap go up. There, there are going to be teams with like $60, $70 million just to throw it at a Chandler Jones, right? I do think if you're Steve Kime and you are drowning right now and you need a saving grace and you fast forward to next September and you're like, shit, who's going to rush the passer for me? I don't have an answer for that because unless you're courting Hassan Reddick and you feel like you can bring him back, like what are you doing to manufacture pass rush next year. With all due respect to Marcus Golden, who's a great number two, he's not a number one. I think if you're Steve, I think it's going to get really tight in March when you've got the franchise tag that you can slap on this guy for one year and you can manipulate the cap and swallow it and deal with it down the line or maybe allow the future GM to deal with it. I think the only way it comes back if if Kime gets cold feet and he's like, I, I, I just have to do this. I have no choice. I'm going to make Chandler run it back. I think that's the only way. I agree. Um, sorry, I'm literally working on this new video um, uh, that has just dropped. Uh, thank you, Easy No Steroids. It kind of gave us a heads up on that. We're getting it in our Slack channel currently to try and get it uploaded. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald uh, commenting on, on Kyler's social. Oh. So we're working to get that uploaded so you guys can watch it here. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely worthy. Uh, going back to your point, yes, it, it is hard to replace the Chandler Jones. It is hard to to think that you can just get anybody on the edge. I will say there were some games where it felt like you could put anybody on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, he has a lot of production, and I think we look at the sack number yeah. as the end-all, be-all, but it's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he did improve, you know, this year, especially against the run to a degree. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think it's time to move on. I just don't feel like the value's there. The red flags, I think, were there two years ago through, I think, the first five, six games before he got injured. He had, like, one sack. And then this year, he started off hot in Tennessee, of course, the five-sack game. We're talking about breaking sack records and, you know, extensions during the season. He's patting Kimes' pockets and Michael Bidwell. And we're loving it, right? Like, hell yeah, extend Chandler Jones. And then he just he has these stretches, kind of like Christian Kirk esque with his receiving, where you just you don't see him for weeks at a yeah. time, and you can't win like that in the NFL, especially when you allocate premium funds to said players. So I'm with you, and I also think like next year we've talked about this off air. There's going to be a team that pays Chandler Jones if they if he gets to free agency an absorbent amount of money, and they think they're going to get the 17 to 20 sack Chandler Jones of a couple of years ago. And he might just go out and have nine or ten sacks and be a liability in coverage and be a liability against the run. And that that's going to be really unfortunate. With the Cardinals now, and we get this question a lot, is, is Hassan Reddick coming back? 
If I'm Hassan Reddick, I wouldn't unless I'm getting paid a premium by the Cardinals. I will say this. Hassan Reddick's career was essentially saved by Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph was the one at the end of 2019 that said, I'm going to move this guy back outside. I don't care. We we love Vance Joseph when he's stubborn, and then we we also hate him when he's stubborn, and he doesn't play Zavian Collins and Isaiah Simmons. But he did kick Hassan out to the outside. And I was one of the dummies before 2020 saying, you just cut Reddick or trade him. It's dead weight. And he has a fantastic season. And he parlayed that with Carolina, and he had another great season. So if you can convince him to come back, I think he's a better player than Chandler. I think he's a better fit in this defense. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he would come back. Uh, man, that, that's that's a tough sell. Because I, I don't know how, how angry he was about leaving in the first place. Yeah. You know, it, it, we have our perceptions. You know, I like... For instance, okay, let's just put it out there, okay? I left Bally Sports Arizona. You did. To come here and do this. Okay. But, you know, like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, I hate everybody there. I'm not, I don't. Yeah. You know, maybe it was, it was just better for me to come into a different situation. Now, down the road, maybe they see some more value in what I have to the table and they want to make an offer. Maybe I'll listen. Maybe not. Let's not do that. Let's <laughs> let's make sure that Saul stays here at PHNX. And I want to move on from that because I don't like where that conversation is going at all. So Cardinals update. This is a really good point. You want to play your best against the best. We need a Chandler. He disappeared against the Rams twice. That's true. The Colts and Green Bay. And, and that is something to be said. When push comes to shove. All on national TV. Who showed up for the Cardinals at the end of the year when this team was was peeing down their leg, was vomiting all over themselves. It's a select few, right? J.J. Watt, say what you want about him, worked his ass off to come back and look pretty good against the Rams with half an arm, right? Chandler Jones, where was Chandler Jones? Mauling Andre Whitworth and, and Matthew Stafford. It just wasn't there. So now it, it, it is a hard sell for a lot of people, cards update to your point, to give Chandler Jones a bunch of guaranteed money. But on the flip side, Jalen Blair makes a good point. We said the same thing about Calais Campbell when he left. He went on to play at a high level for another three years. I think the difference, Jalen, is Calais, majority of the Cardinal fans wanted Calais back. Oh, yeah. And did not understand that move at all. Because they understood, like, listen, Calais was six foot nine. (laughs) He's 315 pounds. And he plugged up the middle, so his stats were irrelevant because yeah. he freed other dudes up. Yeah. And other dudes didn't ball. No. like and So it wasn't Calais's fault. They, they tried to replace him with Darius Philon, who got arrested and never played for them. And then, of course, uh, the infamous Robert Kandichi, and that did uh, not go yes. well. Robert Kandichi. I got a great Robert Kandichi story, but I'll share that another day. Leah, do we have that footage we uh, teased? Okay, so... This is this is courtesy of Cam Cox from Channel 12. Shout out to Cam. Yes, thank one of my you, homies. Um, he's at the Waste Management Open today. They got some some footage of some of the players, Christian Kirk and I believe Larry Fitzgerald here. Let's uh, take a listen. Uh, I don't know. I, I I haven't talked to Kyler in a while, but you know I, he he looked good in the Pro Bowl. Looked 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 uh, like he was having a great time throwing touchdowns out there. And uh, you know I just hope everything works out the way you know. Both sides wanted to work out. That's that's really what it's all about for me. I love Kyler. I love the Cardinals, and you know I want the best for everybody. You gotta ask me what about Kyler Washington's accounts, dude. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder who asked that one. Um, <laughs> hey, the guy. Uh, the guy's doing what he needs to do, and you know I, I have no control over that. And uh, yeah, that's all I'll say on that one. So, so fans overreact, underreact to him. 
if, if I'm not reacting to it, I don't think anybody else should. But like I said, um, you know, his decisions are his decisions. And, um, you know, I, I've been off of social media, but I hear I hear the, the noise. So I'm going to uh, keep keep staying off of social media and just enjoy my, my offseason. I felt like there was a subtle jab at you, Johnny. He has not been off social media. <laughs> he came on social media about a week ago to tell everybody he's not selling his house, which we know, Christian, you are selling your house. But that, listen, we're not going to make this about, about Christian, who is going to play for another team next year. This is about Kyler Murray. And it does not surprise me he hasn't talked to Fitz because the two famously are not close. No. Uh, Fitz is a big supporter of him publicly, and that's great. Um, but, I mean, Christian basically says he's doing what he's got to do. Well, what he's doing is he's not affiliating himself with the team right now. That's what he's doing. It's just so much. This is like, I feel like this is what it feels like to be an L.A. sports fan. Okay. Because they're all about drama, and I hate drama. I'm into it. Let's do it. (laughs) It's just like every little move means we're going to get the next greatest player. That's, That's the L.A. way of life, right? Yeah. Now we're here, and we're talking about. Kyler Murray, is he, isn't he? I, I don't even know what to think, honestly. And Christian Kirk's response to this, <laughs> I don't, he's like, kind of like, he kind of gave you that, you know what's up, kind of look. So it makes me feel like maybe there's some validity to this. Like maybe is. maybe Kyler is of doing some is. stuff. I don't know. Of man. course there's validity to this. This clearly means something. If you can't see that now, take the fanboy glasses off. He did say, if I'm not reacting, you shouldn't reacting. But I feel in, like he walked but that back. But in the previous, co- yes, <laughs> but in he the walked previous it back. clip, he did react, so that was pretty funny. Christian's just doing what he needs to do, try to stay out of it. Yeah. Um, he's going to go get uh, some generational wealth by the Jaguars. Christian, we love you. Again, um, that that clip was from Cam Cox at Channel 12. Cam Cox, sure thank you, Cam. We give him some love for that. Waste Appreciate management that. open if you're in Phoenix. Gorgeous event. We'll be out there tomorrow. PHNX is going to be there. Why wouldn't you go out there? Um, yeah, that's a really fitting way to end our show. Before we do that, I want to remind everybody, children five and older are eligible for the COVID va- COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, highly effective against COVID. Vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for the location nearest to you do you think by the end of the week this kyler thing will be dead and buried i do you think so i think so yeah i think by friday we'll we'll have all moved especially after the super bowl okay i I think it's going to be dead after the super bowl and we'll have moved on to something else that's probably catching our attention like uh i don't know maybe larry fitzgerald's going to come back oh god i love you larry i don't think larry's coming back i i don't think it's it's dead and buried until kyler makes a statement on twitter it doesn't have to be on video, it's just a written statement um, because I think the longer he leaves, but Kyler out doesn't there, do that. Kyler doesn't care. Kyler probably talks about himself in the first person too. <laughs> and Kyler ain't doing that. Kyler, you can't. <laughs> oh man! A- again, I've always said, and I'll stick with this until I see otherwise. I believe he is dating the Cardinals. Read into that what you will. His Instagram, his Twitter, his Twitter avatar is, I think, his Oklahoma helmet. Right, he follows the Oklahoma football team. He follows the A's. I, like, He's got a lot of school pride. If I came to somebody, if I came to somebody on the street and I said, "You know anything about the Arizona Cardinals or Kyler Murray?" No, and I showed him all of Kyle, Kyler's social media shit. They'd be like, "Well, that guy doesn't play for the Cardinals. He has no affiliation with that team." What? Like what? That's a message in and of itself. 
All right, people like to say I'm stirring the pot. I am not. I'm just presenting information <laughs> as facts because that's what they are. Here's something else that, that's a fact. You should be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. Anywhere you get your podcast, show us some class. We're going to have live coverage of the Waste Management Open the rest of this week. We're going to be talking Super Bowl. We're going to be back here at 3 p.m. tomorrow. I'm going to give Saul the day off. I don't know who's going to be on with me, but I guarantee you we're going to be talking Kyler Murray, amongst other things. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.